Scooby-Dooby-Doo, we're coming after you. We gotta solve that mystery. See you, Scooby-Doo. Welcome to... World According to Noah. Sure it's not World According to Scooby-Doo? Oh. I guess that's in honor of last week's podcast. Yes. Or whenever we put this out. Our other podcast talking about the Scooby-Doo movie. Encourage the Cowardly Dog. Encourage the Cowardly Dog. We're making a part two of that. No, we're not. Wait. So this week, we are going to discuss an old ghost town that we visited. The Cahabwa. It's spelled weird. We have a river here in Alabama called the Cahaba. C-A-H-A-B-A. You forgot the W. No. That's how it's spelled, how I just said it. But this city, which lies on the side of the Cahaba, it's where the Cahaba and the Alabama River meet, was spelled Cahaba. Cahaba. But it still says, it's still pronounced Cahaba. So the city is spelled C-A-H-A-W-B-A. So they throw a W in there. I guess that's for all us um, old Southern people. Country boys. Because they would talk strange, and so Cahaba might have actually sounded like Cahaba. 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 There you go. Cahaba. 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 So. Cahaba. This was the first state capital of Alabama was built in old Cahaba. Cahaba. We're just going to call it Cahaba. Because that's actually how you're supposed to say it. Country road. So, this is an old ghost town. If you look at what it used to look like, it had all these big houses on all these big roads, right? Yeah. And what's left? Nothing. Nothing. It was swept away by the water. There's a church. There's the church, you know, that church that we went into? Yes. That's not even where it was. They just moved it there. I guess wherever it was was still getting flooded, maybe. Because apparently that's why everybody upped and moved out of this town was because really bad floodings. So they couldn't build anything on it. Because back then, they couldn't account for floods. I guess you know, New Orleans is built below sea level and they made it work. So I don't know what was the problem in Old Cahaba. <coughs> now, originally, Old Cahaba, let's see if I can see it on here. Well, the original inhabitants of Old Cahaba were Native Americans. Or indigenous people. I think it's what we're supposed to call them these days, right? Wow. You're in school. They had a big town on the river. But good old, where's his name? Who was it? Mm. DeSoto. DeSoto Falls. No, well, that is what it's named after. But Ferdinand DeSoto came through. Ferdinand. And killed all the Indians, or Native Americans. But then, to make things worse, 
The Indians used to, it was, let's see. Uh-oh. They used to make mounds in the city, in the center of their cities. And one of the guys that was building Cahaba took all that mound dirt and used it to fill dirt around the city. So that could be part of why they could never build the city because they took the sacred Native American land and just used it as dirt around the town. You think that could be a part of it? Mm. Uh-huh. So, what did you think of the city? Oh. Uh. So, what did you think of the town? It was boring. It was boring? Yeah. What made it boring? It was just, it was rather holes or pillars. Holes or pillars? Yes. That was only one spot. No, there was holes. There was other holes, but there was only one set of pillars. Four sets of pillars. No, that was one set of pillars. There was four pillars that were left. Five. Four. Half. Did you, four and a half. No, it's actually like three and a half. Did you go around and look and see what the house used to look like? Yes. And it had the four down one side, and then it had two on the front. Yes. Did you read that? No. I just saw the picture. They had a story on there that said that um, two generals from the Civil War met at that house to talk about trading um, prisoners because they had a Civil War prison on the grounds at this point in time. And they, I don't know if they decided against it or what, but they went their separate ways. It didn't say if they traded any prisoners or anything. But they just went their separate ways. And the day after that is when Robert E. Lee signed the, whatever it was called, at the Patamix, Potamix, to end the A Civil Patamix. War. But that was the day after they met at that house. So, you thought it was boring. Yes. Was there not anything neat there? Well, the cemeteries. They had, how many different cemeteries were there? Three. There were three cemeteries. New cemetery, old cemetery, and slave cemetery. Yes, they had the slave cemetery out at the very back. They had... New and old. In each cemetery, you could tell they had different burial styles, right? Yes. Because the old, wasn't it the old cemetery was out leaving? And they built like brick, little brick walls around the family's burial site. And except the new ones. And then, yeah, the new ones didn't have that. They had a fence. And then the old cemetery just had, what did they have around? Anything? That was the old cemetery. Oh, the new one had fences around stuff, just like the newer part of the old cemetery, right? Yes. They had fences around stuff. And 
Do you remember what happened? Do you remember what happened in the old cemetery? I think it was in the 30s. No, it was the new cemetery. That the people... You're broke. correct. The old cemetery was the one with the brick walls. The new cemetery was the one in the back. You're right. What happened? The te- the hot dog stand guy saw the teenage... Hear the teenager break some of the, the tombstones. Yes, so some hooligans came in and hooligans. broke... A lot of the tombstones, so a lot of them have to have had been repaired, right? Yes. Hooligans. Do you remember anything interesting about that cemetery? That it had bleachers? Well, they had bleachers because they do a haunted history tour. Then no. There was one tombstone... That you looked at, that was about a kid who got murdered. Remember? I don't remember. That's where you st- sat in front of. It said that he had been killed. It didn't say kid. Well, I'm old, so when I see 21 or 22, that's like a kid to me. So he was murdered. I saw a tombstone from 1700, not 1700, from the 1700s, and they came and settled in there. You didn't find anything interesting in that cemetery? No. No? What about the other cemetery? The slave one? Yeah. Um, very big. It was big. And it wasn't cleared out a lot. So there were some tombstones that were still kind of out in the woods, right? Yes. What else? Mm-hmm. They had those big thorny orange bush things. And markers. Markers. One for ten. Oh, well, that was just different people so you, they had like history of different people but I don't have the the sheet to tell us about those people that were there but I had 10 of them they were had little stories and told about their history but they had those they said there's some kind of oranges they were shrubs and they would plant those oranges orange shrubbies all through the cemetery to keep animals out they're like walls yes Kind of make pathways and to keep animals out. But they had super long thorns, weren't they? They were like... They were like this. two inches. They were big. And two inches. They had one story about somebody came in and stole some girl's headstone. That ain't cool. But I mean, at least she had the footstone. The footstone was still there, but no headstone because some jerk came in and stole it for some reason. Some little girl. Was there anything else? No. I don't think so. Nothing else from the city? Now you're making me feel like there is something else. Well, there's a lot of other things because we hadn't talked about hardly any of it, but there was... This huge city that now nothing's there. 
the mouth water feeder. We'll get there in one second. Oh. There was all these big houses, big man. Well, I don't know if they're mansions, but they're pretty big sized houses. The mansion, with the duke. Yes. Do you remember what you're talking about? No. Okay. The duke was there, and he's missing his balcony. He was just called a duke. He was not a duke. It was some man who, when everybody started moving away, he started buying up all the properties and turned it into a farm. And when people would come around, he'd tell them old stories of old Cahaba. And so since he would speak with everybody to come by, they called him the Duke of the town because he just was a lot of knowledge, was very knowledgeable and told all the stories to anybody that'd come. But I believe the front porch was probably on there when he lived there. It was. It was in the picture. And there was a two-story brick slave quarters that was there, which they said not many towns had brick slave quarters. And it was behind the house. Yes. And I don't remember. Um, we went to a place that used to have a mansion and their um their um fountain still ran, right? So we got to feel the water coming out of the fountain. Mm-hmm. In the mouth well. Not yet. Mm. Okay, we'll go ahead and talk about it. What was there oh. was a well that looked like a mouth. It looked, had a little face on it and said what year was on the side. Do you remember what it was? No. Like 1825 or 1828, something like 1829. that. 1829. 1829. See, this city was from the early 1800s to probably right after the Civil War, I think, is when they started moving away. What else happened around that face fountain? Amaze. Correct. So... I don't know if anyone else other than people in Alabama are familiar with this book, but I remember it was a book we would talk about in excuse me, in grammar school. It's 13 Alabama Ghosts plus Jeffrey. And it's 13 different stories about ghosts in Alabama plus Jeffrey. Jeffrey County. No. Jeffrey's a ghost that was the ghost for the lady who wrote it. Catherine Tucker Wyndham wrote the book and she lived in Selma, which is right down the street from Cahaba and she wrote this book. And according to her story what was the name of the story? Oh. The Spectre in the Maze at Cahaba. The Spectre in the Maze. Yes. In the baseball field. So do you remember enough about this story to tell anything about it? Not really. What did it take place in? A field. It's a field now. But it was a maze of cedar trees, which that just sounds odd. I don't know what a cedar tree is. It's a tree. I know that. It's cedar. Well, what's it look like? 
it's kind of it's an evergreen tree it's kind of like a pine tree but it's it's like what christmas trees are but maybe a little taller so they made a maze of those yay christmas tree maze so i remember uh, a confederate soldier and a, his girlfriend were walking in apparently this maze is where Couples would spend early evenings. They would go get lost in this maze and just wander around. And, and never come back. The story, no, they always came back. I know I said that because of dramatic effect. No. The story in the book is a Confederate soldier who was off on leave and his girlfriend were strolling through the maze. And what happened? They saw a ghastly ghost. Spirit. Was it a ghost? No, it was a ball of light. Okay. So it was a ball of light bouncing around in front of them, uh, right? Yes, but that was also that's also a ghost. Well, it might have been. A parageist. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yes, I don't know what a parageist Poltergeist. Is. So it's a chicken ghost. So. They walked a little further, and they decided they needed to get out of there, right? Yeah. And they started back. The soldier just thought that it was the moon playing tricks off of something, and it was just kind of moonlight shining on something, right? Yes. Until they started on the way back, and... They saw it again. They saw it again. Since you said moonlight, I, I got the song, Dancing in the Moonlight. You think that's what they were doing? No. You think that's what the orb was doing? Was yes. dancing in the moonlight? Yeah. So this time, he tried to catch it, right? Yes, but then it flew out of his hand. But then it flew away. And he wasn't able to catch it. So they went back to, I don't remember whose house it was. Do you remember? No. It was someone. It was. General someone. Captain Pigu. Captain Pugu. Pigu. Pigu. He wasn't even at home. He was off in the war. But they named it after him since it was on his land. But they went back to Captain Pigu's house and told the, the ladies that lived there what they had seen. And they got all frightened, right? Yes. But then that kind of became a popular thing because everybody wanted to try to catch a glimpse of the Pigu's ghost. Pigu. Because everybody kind of likes to be, to see haunted stuff, right? Yes. And that was it for that story. That was it. They said Captain Pigu, I think it was Captain Pigu. Pigu. Never got to see his own ghost. Because he died in the war up in Virginia, so he never even got back home. So then how did his ghost get there? Well, they say, he was still alive when they first saw it because it wasn't his ghost. They just call it Pigu's ghost because it was on his property. Hippity hoppity, get off my property. So, can you think of anything else we saw in the town? No, not really. There was another house. That one was kind of built... Before the floods. 
Fambo Arthur's house. We didn't get out of that one. We just saw it. You remember there, that one? Yes, there was the schoolhouse. There was a one-room schoolhouse that was still left standing. Somehow. Somehow. And then there was right next to it was the ruins of the Methodist church, right? Yes. Methodist church. And that's really all we saw left standing. The church out front, but it was not in the same spot. And there's a few fountains. Ree. It said if you keep looking, you'd find them all over the place, but we didn't see. We we stopped that free. And did you walk to see where the Alabama and the Cahaba met? Yes. Okay. You not remember I had to get out of the car for that? Well, I remember I was trying to fly my drone around mm-hmm. when you were over there walking. Mm-hmm. So... So read in this little bit right here. William W. Fambro. Fambro. That was that was the house we saw. I thought it this, was Arthur Fambro. Well, I think it was because it was two different people. It was Fambro Author House. But this kind of explains something. This tells part of why there's no houses left. Uh oh. It said. See, the community was booming until devastating floods, because since it was right there on the river, it flooded all the time, and disease from mosquitoes plagued the town so much the capital, which Alabama's first capital was there, it got relocated to Tuscaloosa, and then from Tuscaloosa it went to Montgomery, but it got moved there first. When it was moved in 1826, a lot of residents left, taking their homes with them. So I guess they broke down the houses and carried them away. And that would be why there aren't a whole lot of houses left. And that's how mobile homes started. You think? Uh Uh-uh. I just said that. But that's a picture of William Fambro. Fambro. That's the look he chose for. You know, when they took those old pictures, they had to stand still. He wow. looks like Obama. No, he doesn't. He's white. Well, I can't tell. The picture's black and white. Okay. Is that his wife? That is his wife. So, that was that. That's part of why a lot of the house, all, a lot of the um, stuff's gone. There's a picture of the artisan well that was by the Fambro home. Four wells then. Well, we didn't see that one. Three wells. Now, two wells. All right, so that was Old Cahaba. Did we see three or two? I think we only saw three. But we didn't see the one no. behind the church. You're correct. We only saw actually two. Do you remember where else we stopped? Mm-hmm. The picnic area. No. On the way out of town, 
We stopped at another cemetery. How many cemeteries are we going to stop at? Well, that was four that day. This is Live Oak Cemetery in Selma, Alabama. Why is it called Live Oak if people are supposed to be living if it's called Live Oak? Because the oak is live. Huh. Cool. Live Oak Cemetery, if you're in Alabama, you should drive to this cemetery because it looks really cool with all its really big oak trees and Spanish moss hanging from those trees. Spanish moss. Didn't it look pretty cool? Yes, it looks like Louisiana. It looked like something you see down in Louisiana or in Florida. Not Louisiana or Florida. New Orleans. Something like that. So this cemetery was founded in 1829. It has a bunch of dead Confederate soldiers. Yeah, apparently Selma had a bunch of Confederate people. Must have had a lot of soldiers from that town. Because I guess Selma was pretty big back in those days. But the part that we went to was the old Live Oak Cemetery. Old And down the street, we didn't go to it, is the new Live Oak Cemetery. New Live Oak. And the new Live Oak Cemetery is where Catherine Tucker Wyndham is buried, and she's the one that wrote the Alabama 13 Ghosts. 13 Alabama Ghosts. So there's a few semi-famous people buried here. There is, I don't know what his name was. Let's see if it's on here. Nope, it doesn't say. We left the paper in your mother's car, so I don't have it. William Rufus King. He was vice president of the United States in 1853. I think he's the only vice president from Alabama. He's buried there. Edmund Winston Pettus. He's buried there, and the only reason you might know him is the Pettus Bridge... I don't remember the That's where the they marched on Montgomery on Bloody Sunday. Not Bloody Sunday. Yeah. That's the sacred day. Sunday. Well, Bloody Sunday was not a good day. When was Bloody Sunday? I don't know what all exactly happened, but it's when um, Martin Luther King led a march across the Pettus Bridge. In Montgomery. Let's see. That's really the only... These other people we wouldn't know. There was... Cook. Er. Cook. Er. Cooker. No, Baker. Were they famous? No. We just saw the really cool grave sites. I was saying baker because they didn't work as a baker. They weren't bakers. They were miners. He was a miner. But, um, well, Mary Lincoln Todd's stepsister is buried here. And she had a very elaborate uh, tombstone. Well, I guess sculpture. And it's supposed to be the most photographed thing in Alabama. No, not most photographed thing, but the most photographed. Um, I guess it's called a marker. I don't know what it would be called. Big statue. Mm-hmm. 
but it's the most photographed tomb in Alabama. And but it's not really a tomb. Most photographed um, marker. So, we also went to another little thing and we found what a lot of the meanings on the stone carvings meant in cemeteries. And I thought this was kind of in interesting. You want to read one? A lamb. Lambs represent innocence and sacrifice. Little lambs were often carved into to the markers for the grave sites of a child. A lamb was also sometimes used for a person who is renamed childlike during their life due to mental issues. So, let's see. A dove is a symbol of resurrection, innocence, and peace. An upper flying dove represents the transport of the departed soul to heaven. A dove landing represents a descent from heaven or assurance of a safe passage to heaven. And the Masonic symbols, do you remember those? No. They look like a compass. The thing that was on Baker? Yes. The compass that is like a mathematical compass. Yeah. Compass carpenter square symbol is on a tombstone or grave marker indicates the deceased was a member of the fraternal order called the Freemasons or Masons. This organization might date back to the Middle Ages in Europe when stonemasons built great cathedrals and other buildings. The order of the Eastern Star symbol is a Masonic appendant body open to both men and women. And what? Where? The first one. Crossed. Or clasp. What's that mean? Hands clasped. Handshake or clasped hands can mean a final farewell or internal bond between the living and the dead. Clasped hands were were some Keep talking. Were sometime Keep talking. Were sometimes I forgot where I was now. Clasped hands, right there. Were sometimes meant to portray the link between a married couple. Other times, a handshake insisted God reaching out. For the deceased to bring them in into his presence. Star. A five-pointed star may symbolize in, interment or immortality and divine graduate. Alright, did you want him to read any more of these? What's the hand pointed with the index finger? Which one? This one, let me see. Hand with pointed index finger. An upward pointed index finger 
on a gravestone indicated that the person buried there is in heaven and beckons the person reading the stone to look upwards to God and heaven from hence commit salvation. The downward pointing fingers represented God reaching his hand down to the departed. It also indicated a life cut short or sudden or an ultimate or a sudden and untimely death. All right, did you want to read any one? Yeah. One more. Find one more. But, no. What's the gate? Crown slash gate? Yeah. A crown represents the glory of life after death. In, in heaven, gates sim, symbolize the gates of heaven and entrance of the the departed into glorious realms of the vice. There you go. So that's just what a few of the meanings on tombstones are. So, did you learn anything today? A little bit. A little bit? You learned you didn't like walking around a deserted ghost town? Yes, and don't like those weird, those weird fruits that have... That was like they're made out of mazes. Yeah, those were another kind of orange that Noah decided to treat like a soccer ball and twisted his ankle. He's better now, though. No. So. It still hurts. I guess that's all I got for this week. Yes. I don't have anything else. They dancing almost every night. They. Oh. You forgot the song, huh? Dancing in the moonlight. They. <laughs> I guess you hadn't listened to it in a while, have you? Yeah. Oh, well. Uh. Thanks for listening. Bye. Do 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 do.